one, John Dennis. How you going? Hey, how's it going, Lauren? <laughs> Sorry, this is kind of weird because we just like we're speaking mid conversation and then uh, we start this this podcast thing. But thanks for being on the show. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, like just for folks who out there who who don't uh, know me or you. Um, John, you have a beautiful um, boutique uh, universe called Sam Roberts LA and it's named after your son, as you told me. Um, and you, from my perspective, you make the most beautiful pieces of art, wearable art. Um, like you make, you're making bespoke hats, vintage um, remade kind of found objects remade into wearable objects. I love your hand-drawn pieces. Um, yes, super beautiful hand-drawn pieces. Um, they remind me of Tankas from Nepal and a bit of flower power. And oh, yeah. There's, a lot, there's some, like, Vietnam uh, vintage kind of influence and uh, Native American... I guess from geographically that all that is kind of your context, except for the tankers. But yeah, oh. I really love it. Um, Thank you. Tell me, like, tell me your story. Like, how did this all happen? Well, uh, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. Yeah. Uh, we have a son. His name is Sam. Uh, and we named our little jam after him. And when Sam was born, coming up on 14 years ago, I was in a career where I was a real estate broker here in Southern California. And that's what my whole family does. And um, I had done it for years and years. And I never really liked it. And I had this, it was like a psychic shift happened when our son was born, where I just realized like, I have no idea really what I'm to do with my life, but it certainly isn't this. And then I just kind of like gave all that stuff up. And I had always been really interested and fascinated with uh, vintage clothing since I was a young kid. And so I started to sell vintage clothing. And I don't know, uh, maybe a couple years into doing that, I started taking a lot of things apart and I really didn't even know why I was doing it at the time. Uh, but I, I find these just heavily distressed pieces and just dissect them with like a razor blade, literally like every thread and just kind of lay everything out. And I guess I was just trying to like understand how to yeah. put things back together. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that was it, you know, it was just kind of like, having a child and knowing that like at some point you'd have your child go, Hey, you know, what should I do with my life and what's important and being a good parent, you're going to want to tell your child to like follow their heart and their dreams and, and listen to that, that voice or that whisper uh, within yourself. And like, how are you going to do that and not live it? So that was kind of the, jumping off the, the high dive so to speak for, for me into this whole crazy jam and it's been it's been really fun 
Right on. I feel like um, that conversation is super relevant right now when people are kind of industries are collapsing, the whole world economy is collapsing and people are reevaluating like what, what the meaning of life is, what purpose in life is. And sure. I mean, like, yeah, it's a scary time, but it's kind of um, a good time to to kind of pause and think about what's really worth doing with your life, you know, finding meaning or just like living that rat race. Um, yeah, like I can totally, I'm, I'm probably like someone maybe in your son's perspective, like I myself, I came from like art school, like I studied fine arts at school and like you know spent most of my working career like freelancing curating uh galleries uh like you know just hustling um to make a buck because I feel like the arts it's it's a really hard um way of living to to be in the arts and it's a side of it's a side of the world that people don't necessarily put monetary value on um, necessarily. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a weird space to be in, but I wouldn't trade that for anything uh, because it gives my life so much richness and purpose and beauty. And, yeah, yeah I think, I think um, the whole structure of the the world you know this idea that you need stuff to be happy and you need to achieve things to be happy um is kind of being questioned right now so that's kind of why i wanted to have you on the show because because part of the show is is showing people how diverse the the fashion industry is and walking through life uh in different people's shoes and yeah your your pair of shoes are really beautiful and fascinating pair of shoes um thanks yeah so tell me about much tell me about your um store that's where you are right now yeah i'm in the shop it's in an old gas station from the 1930s um to a i've been here for two years now and here before i had this little shop i had a private i had a barn up at my property and if you knew about it you knew about it and people would drive up into the mountains and they'd come to the barn and they'd come shopping and then like we'd take them to the hot springs and uh go to the river and just you know uh, it was it was really fun all the girls that work with me they'd all come up to the cabin and we'd all work up at the cabin. So we all kind of, we don't do that anymore. Now that I bought a house into town and I live in like a little neighborhood, everybody kind of works remotely from their house and we all kind of know what we're doing. So all that I really do is kind of set stuff up and set people on their way. But the store is great. Um, I love it. Um, I miss being here. I look forward to uh, opening the doors back up when all this craziness stops. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any idea when that's going to be? Um, well, uh, here they're talking about maybe the 15th of May. 
Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they extend it maybe until June 1, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I have clients that like have been tested and they kind of know their social distancing, what have you, whatnot. So I've been doing private appointments here just with like, you know, some yeah. of the girls that I sell stuff to, and, you know, um, I don't know, just it's, and then we, we never really monkeyed around with online stuff, but I've been trying to post things more on wine and Instagram and all that. And actually it's been, it's been great. Uh, when you have the whole world as, as kind of like your audience, um, they've got a phone. I mean, I've, I haven't skipped a bit beat. I've probably been a little bit busier. Um, you know, so, uh, which is good. You know, it it keeps everybody working and it's, you said something when, and, and I'd like to go back to it, you know, like with, with everything that's going on right now, people might be questioning things just in their own life and what's important. And, and, you know, um, that's one of the gifts that's wrapped in really shitty paper that comes with something like this. Um, as soon as this thing happened, I, I kept my eyes wide, wide open and continue to for the, the gifts that will be in this. And, and, and I've seen and, 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 and witnessed several just in my own life. And, and I know that there will be more and just like, that's like on a business note, like on a personal note, Oh my gosh. Like I walk every single day. I can't tell you how many people have like these lawns that they're totally ripping up and planting row crops. And it's almost like this little bit of like a return to like a simpler thing. And like, maybe not like, you know, we're going to be substance farmers out here. We're not. But people are returning to like the earth and getting their hands dirty and fostering, um, you know, growing things. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's, it's huge. I think it's really, really important. Yeah. You it, know, it, like, yeah. it's so important because like right now, honestly, the companies, the only companies that are like making a buck off every, all of this situation are people like companies like Amazon, um, you know, at Walmart, like the big guys. And, and to be honest, I think this, this um, economics of scale is the reason why we're in this mess. It's the reason why um, the, the earth is warming and, and it's, it's, and people are producing clothes on such a ridiculous scale. And I just think this kind of scale, this huge scale of doing business is just like, not sustainable and we do need to rely on ourselves a bit more and 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 you know patronize small businesses and um just do things the honest beautiful way that it should be done um so that's really positive to see like you know humans just just enjoying life um in this stillness it is yeah it absolutely 
areas. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so like I was interested to, to know like how you, you're producing your pieces and like you talked about your the, the group of people who you have this wonderful relationship with who work from home. So are they making your pieces? Um, tell me. Yeah, so I have a real small crew of artists. Um, there's, let me think. There's four artists that work with me, and they all kind of specialize in what they do. And, you know, they can, some of them can, like, do other things, but real tight crew. Uh, I've been with most of them since, well, Cynthia and Yuki for seven years now, maybe eight. Greta just came on board, um, Bobby from the beginning. So, yeah, I mean, there's just four, four of us, mm -hmm. four, four of us plus me, five, five. Okay. Yeah. And, like, we're not doing... Um, can I say this? Like, I don't have, um, like, I didn't know what the hell a line sheet was, you know? I <laughs> I don't know, I, and I don't have a line sheet. That's I, awesome. Like, I'm making things that are, like, more one-offs. Yeah. Um, and what I'm focusing on with clothing right now is real, basic, simple silhouettes uh, that are executed in all antique fabrics, antique uh, buttons, finishings, everything. So everything that we've ever done is, is recycled, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I think I mentioned to you, it wasn't like when that first started off, like that we were these, um, you know, like these, uh, environmentally, uh, minded, people that were making stuff in this real uh, mindful kind way, we were just really broke and, and, and started this thing with absolutely nothing. And we could really only afford, you know, like I didn't, I didn't have any tools to shape hats. Um, so I lived on the river. So I just take hats that were old hats that I would buy at swap meets and wherever and, shape them in the creek and i still do that um today wow. uh, we'll do work on stuff and it's all recycled venetian glass you know you'll see those beautiful purses that they'd make during the turn of the century and it's all that lovely glass well a lot of times most of the times they back that stuff on satin or silk and unless it was stored like perfectly it just starts to turn to dust yeah. right silk. but you'll have yeah of this beautiful glass that they haven't made mm. you know for a hundred years and it's all there for you to use on your work yeah um, your tools yeah, the so, trade. you know so it was just always kind of looking for things that like that's beautiful that has some soul that has some flavor and it's totally discarded to that person because you can't use it in its condition. Yeah. And for me, those were all the building blocks that I started to and continue to make my stuff out of. 
And when I first started doing it, it wasn't something, you know, like 10 years ago, people weren't running around looking for the things that I was looking for. I was that crazy dude that was buying roached out cowboy hats or purses that were falling apart or horse tack leather that was just completely like half of it was dry rotted. And people were like, what the heck is this guy doing? And, and now that's kind of become something that I think more people are like, Hey, listen, this is something that this is a good way to do things. And I realized later on, Hey, this is like a really good vibe what we're doing this is like a high vibe thing yeah um, recycling things uh actually showing people a lot of times like oh wait you'd give me like some money for something like this oh, i've got stuff like that i was just gonna throw it away I'll, you know so it gets people thinking along those lines you know yeah. what i mean like and like this which i'll and also, like, it's, it's a, I mean, it's kind of like the, the Japanese um, beauty aesthetic of finding beauty and decay. Um, it's like old things don't, are not, old things are beautiful too. Like, actually, they're much more beautiful than new stuff, for sure. That's, uh, that's for sure. But um, it's, a, totally- it's a mindset too. And I feel like, um the cool thing about the internet is that people are exposed to a whole different range of, of the spectrum, which is really, really nice. I mean, there's, there's pros and cons to the, the internet and, and the exposure of ideas on the internet. But I think like the more, the better, you know, if more people can appreciate, see the world through, um, a different pair of glasses, you know, the better. And um, yeah, like, yeah, totally. Um, tell me about the hand drawing. I'm really fascinated fascinated by the hand hand drawing. Like, um, are they your all your ideas? Yeah. So I'll come up with what we're gonna do. And Cynthia, who is our artist. She has the ability to literally to anything you can think of or anything that you could imagine or see and want to, um, she can do it and just, and put it out there. And for, for me, you know, having such a, a love for vintage clothing, you know, those are the pieces that I would always be looking for more than like oh it's this type of harley davidson shirt from the 70s that's super cool but like the shirt that somebody like drew in the 70s and like just did their own thing that's such more a storytelling piece to me and that's just the kind of stuff that i really kind of gravitate towards and get very very excited about if i find that stuff out in the world so it was just really obvious that, hey, look, this is this is something that we're going to do because yeah, it's people, like that. nobody, I don't know. I mean, I know that I know that people are doing it now, um, I which think, I think is total bitching, but think, not as much, you know. And and to me, 
I just kind of feel like that voice of like, hey, look, um, let's silk screen off like a thousand shirts or whatever. That voice is covered. Like we've we've got that, you know. Yeah. Um, what are the voices that maybe we don't have? And and I always think about like, well, what is it that I'm trying to say, and how is it that I'm going to say that? Whether it's like with one of our hand drawn jackets or hats or like we've been doing. Um, it's so funny. I'll show you. Uh, like I don't really watch the news, and then I was watching the news for like a week during the coronavirus, and here I'll get it. Like we started to do these hand drawn shirts, and like, <laughs> like, like here's uh, I don't know if you can see it, but it's like a skull Whoa. with bat wings, and it's drawn. Yeah. Well, I. I was coming up with all this super creepy artwork, and I was all freaked out because I was watching the news. And so all the stuff that we made for like a week, you know, here's like the all-seeing eye Whoa. and the clouds. It was all kind of, and then I was dyeing stuff darker. Like these are just vintage shirts from the '60s that were just all sh shitted out. But like all of the dyeing and like all of the art was quite dark for like yeah. a week. Stop watching the news, and now I'm kind of back to flowers and hippie stuff and you know stuff that's more beautiful and um yeah the news gets uh, really heavy i think that yeah, the news gets really heavy like one uh, thing i found like yeah. being here with being stuck in thailand right now um not being able to go home and being under the same roof as my parents for the first time in a while like my parents are watching the news kind of on like non-stop all day long and it, right. it makes me so anxious. Like, I mean, it's a commodity that, that thrives off um, anxiety and, like, fear mongering. Fear. Um, it's fear. It, it's just like your daily dose of fear. Um, and and I, I told myself that I was, oh, you know, I just want to be informed. And, you know, like, it's so very easy to get all wrapped up in it and be like, Oh my gosh, what is the death count? You know? Yeah. And for me, I can't, you know, I've had to start my own counts and like, like it's not that it's, it's like how many people am I going to like hug and high five when this shit is over? And I got a list and it's getting bigger and bigger every day. And it's like, I have to do stuff like that just like for my own. Yeah. Yeah, just for me, for my own well-being, you know. Um, totally. And my out to everybody that's going through all this bullshit and anybody that's, like, lost anybody. And, like, I've got several friends here in town that are that have, that have had it or have it now. And I've been, like, buying groceries and dropping them off and, like, trying to do, you know, what I can do. Mm. Um, yeah. And having said all that, it's just, like, I'm with you, man, like, the news – yeah. It's it's what I need, you know. Yeah. Um, I've been no. I've uh, been finding that um I can't watch the news if it's on if it's on TV or I can't read the news um with you know the photos. I'm a very visual person, but I can listen to the BBC radio news. That mm -hmm. that's a really great source that's been helping me a lot because um yeah it's it's um 
it's too much with all the visuals and I feel like people cannot function when they're captivated by fear and you know like we we're useless when we're overcome with fear we turn into like animals and you know yeah we'll buy five rolls of toilet paper and like just yeah. doing crazy for people yeah totally so i feel like um yeah i mean we need a balance for sure but um you know for my business it's been really hard like definitely not as hard as many other people with storefronts um but you know it's a scary time and uh you know in the beginning i was like you know really worried uh but it wasn't helping me at all it wasn't like getting me through uh it wasn't kind of i was making bad decisions you know like i just needed to be able to think clearly and and watching the news was like too overwhelming but I think it's important to to be connected to to understand what's going on in the world like where I live in uh northern France it's a really remote place and like our town there's like 2,000 people in our town uh and it's like to be honest it's like the widest part of France uh but uh the people are super super lovely um and you know relatively lovely to us my husband is also um half asian so we're kind of the weirdo the weird art people in our neighborhood people don't really know what we do um because we don't leave home every day (laughs) um so they think we don't work but anyway like um people where i live they um I feel like they 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 watch uh, local news, which is um, very France focused. But I feel like it's important to widen your spectrum and and see uh, what's going on in in the other parts of the world, so that you can you you don't fear other races, you don't um, you care a little bit, your heart opens a little bit more. But it is very difficult to open your heart to different cultures and kinds of people and different ways of life when the source of information you're getting this from is like fear mongering and, um, you know, just just preying on on your primal instincts, too. So I feel like there's there's definitely pros and cons of, you know, following the news. yeah, it's a weird time, for sure. But um, it's definitely a weird time. Um, yeah, there was no doubt about it. I have to say though, you know, um, I was talking with a dear friend of mine in Austin, Texas, and she said something, and it stuck with me for a moment. And I was like, huh. "Yeah, no, I get it. That makes sense." And she said that she had never. I mean. You know, like I had grandparents and um, they lived through the Great Depression mm. you know, and, and they'd tell me stories about like, you know, like spreading lard, like on a piece of stale bread and like that was their meal for the day. And like, yeah. you know, both of my grandfathers were in the Second World War, you know, um, like 
I was born in 1969. I'm 51 years old. I've had a pretty cush jam, you know what I mean? I haven't had a lot of things that I've had to really uh, live through, you know? Um, This is one of those things where, you know, um, you're living through this thing where you can really like get up off the couch and do something, you know, you can go make masks, you can go buy food for your friends that are sick. You can make do with the things that you have because they're out of a bunch of stuff. And like, uh, we of course wash uh, lots of fabrics and I hand wash a lot of stuff. And, you know, I have, but then I have a machine and then I have a dryer. Well, my dryer broke when all this stuff happened and as opposed to having somebody come fix it, I was like, Oh, I'll just hang stuff out to air dry. And my whole backyard is just like all this beautiful fabric blowing from the wind and like, and you know, I've had all these little tiny things where it's like, uh, (laughs) we had our, our furnace broke in the house too. And now it's quite warm. So it really doesn't matter. But, a month or a month, two months ago, it was quite cold up here for Southern California. And so we have these huge, massive fires every night. And myself and my child and my lady, we'd all get in front of this fire and like we'd play games and this thing would be rip roaring all night. And I'd wake up at like two in the morning and put some more logs in there. And that's actually how we used to heat our, our yeah. home when we lived up in the mountains with a potbelly stove. And it was just kind of like, you know, you get, not to say that, you know, any of that's like some great hardship. It isn't. But but again, it's like just making do with what you have. Yeah. Uh, To me, it's like getting rid of the noise. That's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's been amazing. There's no airplane calm trails in the air. They said, I don't go to Los Angeles all that much. I know that's where I met you. So I'm down there to shop like at the the markets and stuff, maybe a couple times a month. And that's about it. But they said it's the first time that they've been able to see the downtown L.A. skyline unobstructed in like 50 years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, you know, and, and even here in this little place where I'm at, like I do quite a bit of hiking and, and I'm outdoors quite a bit. And I can't tell you how many people I've never, ever seen up on the trail in my life. And I'm seeing them on either a regular basis. And then there's a new little crop of people that that come into the mix of things pretty much daily. And, you know, I mean, they're getting out there. and, 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 again, it's just looking for looking for the the hidden gifts and looking for positive stuff. You know what's super happy right now? All the wildflowers of the world. Um, Actually, it was one piece I listened to on the BBC radio. They did a whole piece on how all the wildflowers in the UK are just thriving right now because all the councils have stopped cutting the grass so mm-hmm. you know they've they've eliminated that part of um, this the council servicing, and like wildlife is so happy for it. It's so awesome, you know. And different varieties of wildflower this this year that you know haven't been around for 
for a long time have all come back and you know like oh, yeah. so so awesome so beautiful at the same time yeah it really is it really is it, it absolutely is and it's probably why everything that i've been making as of late has to have like flowers in it you know like uh nice. i was gonna do this thing for the spring and the summer did you ever see that movie Point Break, the first one with uh, Patrick Swayze and uh, Keanu Reeves? I think I saw it like a long time ago. It's made by Kathleen Bigelow. It's it's like a it's a really cool movie from I think like the nineties. And these surfer bank robber dudes, the ex presidents, yes. they all yeah they all dressed pretty dope. And so I was gonna my whole thing for summer was gonna be on the ex presidents. And then all this shit went down and it's like, no, like everything's flowers. Like everything's like just Happy. the most beautiful, romantic, like lovely, like stuff that I can find. And it's just that, you know what I mean? And it's like, well, that, we need that, that kind of what people need, yeah. I think right now. They need like beauty and they need like just, you know, like lush Flowers. Yeah, I think we need yeah. that for ourselves. And to me, that's why I always um, have thought of your work as art rather than just, um, you know, than wearable objects. Because to me, the role of art is to show people the beauty of every day that they forget about in their lives, that the noise kind of distracts you from from like, you know, looking at your screen, phone screen all day or, or going to, to work and just just sitting there hating, hating your job or, you know, like, or loving your job but being distracted from the real um, natural world that we are living in and we share with, you know, the nat with nature. Um, yeah, so I, I think like art, even though art, I think art is super important. It's probably one of the most important, um, in my opinion, most important aspect of being human. And um, yeah, so I think you're totally right. We really need um, to have some positivity and be reminded about like how freaking beautiful the world is that, you know, like, Nature doesn't care that we're all having this economic crisis, crisis and lockdown. It couldn't care less. It's probably happy for it, um, which is incredible to think about as well. Yeah. yeah. Your the the hat that you did with the mushroom and the teddy bears. Oh yeah. That's okay. my favorite. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's, that was a fun, that's fun. Um, do you know yeah. do you know of this guy called um Paul Stamets? He's like yep. the mushroom guy. So um he he is a mycologist and um he's like he has this Is um, he like the world renowned? Yes, yes. I sold him a mushroom hat no. almost positive uh, at uh Dude, he's yeah, my hero. At this show that I did in it's called Mercado Sagrado, because wow. he, he, the, someone had left, and and it was it was this guy that, you know, I was I'm always amazed at like what people 
what pieces speak to what people. And that's one of the things that I don't do a lot of shows anymore, but um, I used to do quite a bit of, um, I travel, I do like little music festivals and um, I, you know, I do these, these little happenings and one of the coolest things, the coolest thing about that, I think, is getting to meet all these wonderful people. Oh, yeah. And then getting to see where your where your stuff ends up yeah. and, like, who, who it speaks to and why and, like, how they feel, you know, like, that whole reason why we're doing things, or, you know, is to communicate and to touch someone. And not to say that you don't get that vibe, like when you're selling something, because I'm a person, I have pictures of, (laughs) in my phone, like a grandfather has pictures of his grandkids, of everybody that's bought stuff and been kind enough to send me them wearing their stuff out in the world. And I'm like, ooh, cool. And I just save it. And like, I look at that stuff and like, that means something to me. Absolutely. And, um, when you go do these shows, you get to see yeah. the person like put the hat on and like not take it off and just like, yeah. you know, make the connection. And I mean, that's, that, that was amazing. That was really amazing. And, and, um, it's, it's inspiring what in itself. It's like an energy that inspires you to make more. I think it, it absolutely yeah. is. It, it's it's more gas for the tank for sure. Yeah. It's a, it definitely keeps you rocking and rolling, and and it's an I think it's a really good inner energy exchange, you absolutely. know, because you made somebody very very happy. Hopefully, if you did your job right, and um, and then you know you feel really happy because you wanted to like if they bought a bear and a mushroom hat or something like that that's something where it's like, it's just joyful and it's like happy. And it's just kind of like, I didn't, you know, if you were to tell me that I was going to be wearing this rainbow mushroom Jerry bear hat, I wouldn't have believed you like six months ago. Yet here I am with this thing and I refuse to take it off my head. And like, there they go down the road with it. But I think this mushroom guy that you're talking about, I think he was at this show. He bought the mushroom hat wow. and then this guy came up behind him and was like, that's so-and-so. And he's the world's most renowned mushroom, mushroom dude. Guy. And was like, well, then he's got a good hat then because like that thing's like mushroomed out all the way. Yeah. Dude, you should watch. He, he like what put me on him like 10 years ago when I was, you know, at art school was like his video, he did a TED talk on how mushrooms can save the world. And it was the most inspiring video. You know, it's it's a short one, but he basically, in the video, he showed an experiment that they did with in, in collaboration with um, one of the big oil companies. Um, uh-huh. And it was the purpose of the experiment was to um, see the most effective way of regenerating an area after an oil spill. Oh. So if you can picture this, there was like three piles, I think it was three piles of um, crude, you know, oil to mimic the scenario. And they, so Paul, he injected his pile 
with mycelium spores, like a kind of mushroom spore, and they covered them up, all three. I think the other two, um, I can't remember what the other two, um, there was one control and then the other pile, I'm not sure what they did with that, but they tried another um, solution for a different team. Um, and dude, after a couple of weeks, I think it was, not only was the oil completely gone because it had been, um, what do you call it? It, it had been eaten by the mushroom yep. mycelium, but there was a thriving ecosystem of bugs and, and plants and, and flowers. And it was, it, and there was no smell left after this. Um, the other two can, the other two piles were disgusting, had festered, were smelling, you know, had not changed. But his mushroom pile, I kid you not, turned into an oasis. And That's amazing. They tested, I think they tested, um, you know, the the soil for, you know, resist, a residue of oil. There was no petrochemical residue after that. It was, this guy is incredible. And like, yeah, I just, you know, one other thing that is really rad about this guy is, he wears a mushroom hat, like an actual hat made of mushroom. It's like, yeah, yeah it's like some kind Whoa. of, yeah, it's like a, apparently it's like a, I think it's like some Hungarian folk hat. Um, yeah, yeah. You know what? I think I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. But um, yeah, this guy, I mean, there are so many incredible humans in the world and like the fact that you guys connected just blows my mind right now it's, that's rad i'm not a hundred percent positive I mean, because you know if, i'm so if you I, did but I'm, I'm almost positive that um it, it was the guy that you're talking about because this show that i do every year out here called mercado sagrado it's like this amazing like southern california like hippie renaissance like all these makers come to this big massive like uh field out in the santa monica mountains and it's like a two-day thing but then they'll get these lectures and these like workshops and then there's amazing food and then like uh you know people selling their wares it's it's like it sounds really like beautiful. It sounds like a fun place. It's a, it, it feels like what I would imagine like a happening would be like in yeah. the 60s. That, like I was born in 1969, so I don't know, you know, what that was all about. But this is what that has always felt like to me. Just this really jammy, beautiful, yeah. like people just kind of coming in and out. And yeah. it's, it's always been like the most beautiful location. And you'll have like all these different people from all over the place that, that come to it. Yeah, so. that's the cool thing about California. I think there's real there's real vibe to it. Like for 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 someone like me who who comes from the opposite side of the world, like California to me is this really romantic um, mixing pot of like you know flower power um like self-exploration and um 
yeah, a melting pot of people. It's it was really inspiring for me to go. That's when I met you. Um, yeah. Cup. What was that? Probably a couple of years, maybe a couple of years ago. Maybe about probably a year. Probably time two, flies, yeah. you know. Like, but it was it was a minute ago for sure. Yeah. But um. And you know, I totally agree with you. I I couldn't wait to get the hell out of California. I grew up down the street on the beach in in Ventura as a little kid, and I couldn't wait to get out of. Uh, Ventura when I was a young man so like when I was a teenager I moved to New York City and like traveled and just lived all over the place and it was amazing because like from the age of let's say 16 years old until 30 is maybe when I came back to California I can't tell you how much I missed and appreciated this place that I had grown up and yeah. all this magic that was here and you know you just you take it for granted yeah. or you're just like, ah, oh, this is, you know, this is boring. Um, no, it's, it's not, it's, I, I can't believe how bitching it is yeah. where we live and the whole world like has figured it out, man. And they're coming yeah. from all over the place to be part of it. And, and that makes me pretty stoked too, because then you get all these people coming from all over the world and just bringing their whole trip mm. and adding like notes to the, you know, to the song. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. It's like a big minestrone soup. It is. It's yeah. amazing. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Get out. It's awesome. Well, I can't wait to get back there one day. Um, speaking of which, I want to talk about where your store is um, uh -huh. in a place called Valley of the Moon. Yeah. What a, yeah. Oh, what a romantic name. Yeah, um, that's the name of my store. Right on. Um, yeah, so my, my store is called Valley of the Moon, and uh, it's a – Ojai is a Chumash word for, like, moon's nest or valley of the moon. The Chumash were Native Americans that populated right. this whole area and down in Ventura as well. So but that isn't is, that a beautiful name? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what else that I found that there was like a freaky link was so get me I'm not um correct me if I'm wrong, that's where the Sonoma Valley is as well. Are you Okay, so the Sonoma Valley would be north, um a little bit more like towards uh, you know, like San Francisco and okay. like the white tree up there. Right. And then I'm about an hour and a half northeast of Los Angeles. And if you drive, let's say from Malibu, you'll hit a town called like Ventura. And then you're still on the coast. If you kept going up, you'd hit a town called Santa Barbara. As soon as you hit Ventura, you just head due east like 20 minutes up into the hills. And that's Ojai. Right, right. Yeah. Is there like much agricultural um, activity where you are living? Yes. Yeah, so um, we grow a lot of citrus, a lot of citrus up here. And what else do we grow? Then And then we have the Oxnard Basin, which is right down like kind of where Ventura and closer to the beach. And it's probably some of the lushest ground and topsoil on the planet earth i think they have wow. over 30 foot of topsoil so they can grow anything like like real uh 
perishable stuff like strawberries mm. and then like real easy stuff like onions and uh, lettuces and celery. They grow everything there. We mostly do citrus up here. And I mean, there are some smaller like organic farms that do like stuff um, here in town. There's this really rad dude named BD and he has this organic farm and he grows everything from like flowers to yeah, I mean, lettuce, you name it. Um, but we don't have tons of ag up here anymore. What Ojai is mostly is it's this getaway place where people come from all over the, mm. the world. And then tons of people come from the Los Angeles area. And they cruise up here just to get the hell out of LA for a minute and just kind of bliss out. Right. We have hot springs that are like natural hot springs. Oh, so wow. like most places that have hot springs, you know, many, many years ago, people would come to hot springs with all these different ailments. So what happens is all these towns, ours included, they become like these like vortex places for healing for people. So yeah. it's like super hippie you know what i mean and there's yeah. like all these like um oh just yeah the healing waters of the ojai hot springs yes sounds sounds magical well it's magical. well thanks so much john for um hanging out with me it's been like <laughs> real fun it has been fun yeah. and thanks for uh, thanks for uh being my first uh, Skype, it, it was so painless. I was, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna like screw this all up, <laughs> and like, I was downloading the thing and and like trying to figure stuff out. I'm really well. Technology, not me too, not me too man. Like I was freaking out a little bit, but it all went well. Hopefully, this is all recorded. That's my next hurdle to jump over. But um, for folks out there who who want to check out your stuff, how how can they see your stuff um, from all around the world? Oh, just go to, uh, just check out my jam on IG. It's uh, yeah. Sam Roberts up. And then if you dig what you see on there, I'm sure there's like a link to a website or something like that. They're fully rebuilding my website right now. I don't know oh. anything about it, um, but it's supposed to be pretty cool. All right. Well, thanks so much, John. Take it easy. I'll see. See you soon. See you around.